Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. I'm Patricia Raskin, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, now in its 16th year on Voice America. Today, we are talking about the reality of domestic abuse. With all the tragedies that can befall a household, probably the most insidious is domestic abuse. While there are no perfect marriages, there's no excuse for a relationship that operates on intimidation and control and violence. So if you think that domestic violence is a small issue, consider this. One in four women will be a victim of domestic abuse or violence in her lifetime. Susan Sparks, an intelligent, successful woman in the business world, was oppressed and abused at home. Realizing and then finally extricating herself at great physical and emotional and financial harm, she realized that she needed to help many others. She formed the Soda Pop Foundation dedicated to those who need to get help with their lives. Susan's here today to tell us her story and to provide tips and insights for those who are still victimized by domestic abuse and violence. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It took years for you to recognize you were in an abusive relationship. Um, why did it take so long? And how, how did it, I guess, what was, the, um, what was that finally defining point, you know, where it was like you got to the edge and you went, wait a minute, this is, this is it. Right. It it took such a long time because I thought I was just in a really bad marriage. Um, I didn't actually understand that domestic abuse was a thing. Um, mm. so, okay. Um, that's where it kind of started for me. I didn't realize that domestic abuse was a thing. So I just thought I was in a bad marriage. Um, and it wasn't until I was at a doctor's appointment one day And they had a poster on the back of their bathroom door that was listing the 15 warning signs of domestic abuse. And I looked up and I started reading them and I thought, oh my gosh, this is an exact description of my life, my marriage. I was reading it right there on the door. Mm. And that was a defining moment for me right then and there. So this is not domestic violence. This is more emotional abuse. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. And just as damaging. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because they say with domestic violence, you're going to show physical scars. Right. And with emotional abuse, you're going to have emotional scars. But either way, you're going to come out hurt, really hurt. Mm-hmm. So how would you... Um, What would be some of the signs? You said you read those signs in the doctor's office. What were they? So some of the early warning signs that people can look out for because they really do escalate, and there's 15 of them, but some of the early warning signs that people can look for are um, isolation, being isolated from friends and family, um, being controlled, and, and being dominated. I think those are the three that I would warn people to really... Pay attention to if you're seeing those in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, because that's just not a, a part of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So being feeling lonely, feeling controlled, lack of freedom. 
Absolutely. The abuser, they play on isolating us from our support networks, our families, our friends, our communities. Um, When they can separate us from our support systems, then we become more reliant on them or we're reliant on who? We're separated from everyone. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing they do is they isolate us. Susan, in your background, did you see this growing up? I mean, was there something in here that hooked you to this kind of behavior? No, and I, I love that you asked that question. I really do, because I've heard so many times in my life, you, know, you come from abuse, you go to abuse. That's actually, I'm sure it's true in some cases, it's not not true in mine at all. I came from a really healthy household with um, parents that modeled a, a wonderful, beautiful, loving marriage. Um, mm. They were married until we lost my dad, and I only knew what a loving marriage looked like. So that's where I came from. So when you say that to me, what I get is this guy must have been really a great actor or really had another charming side that you didn't see this. Absolutely. And I think that that is another telltale sign that people should look out for with abusers because they are often what people will call the classic narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you think of like the O.J. Simpson type or the, uh, the Ted Bundy or, um, you know, that kind of type where they're just, they're very charismatic and they're charming and they're outgoing and they're kind of like that life of the party kind of person. Mm-hmm. And they don't really look like someone that you would be afraid of. Mm. but there's something more there that you don't see when you first meet them. Mm. You have some statistics about domestic abuse and violence. Talk about those. So I think the most staggering one, if you think about it, and, and you mentioned it before, is, but it really always bears repeating to me, one in four women, one in four women in our lifetime will be a victim of either domestic abuse or violence. And I always say to people, kind of think about that. Think about uh, four people, you know, sitting around a table going out to lunch or every fourth seat in a movie theater, every fourth person in line at Starbucks. However you can visualize that, one in four people, that's staggering. Yeah, it is. It's pretty amazing. So 25%. Mm -hmm. What are some of the most dangerous or difficult things faced by a person who is seeking to leave the relationship, and how can this be avoided? So the most dangerous thing in leaving a relationship, it's the moment where if abusers really operate on control, it's the moment they realize that they're losing control, and that's when the situations often turn violent and very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So... What we really want to ask people to do 100% of the time if they're thinking of leaving an abusive situation is to call an organization like the National Domestic Violence Hotline and make a safety plan. If you make a safety plan, you're so much more likely to get out in a safe way. What What does that look like for some people, Susan, a safety plan? Sure. So what they do at the hotline is they actually custom tailor 
every safety plan to that individual. It's not like they say, Here what, here's what everyone does. They get on the phone with each person and they look at their situation and they go through the details of, do you have children or don't you? What might you need to bring with you? And then they will literally talk to them about, and so I'm not trained to you know, give this advice, but what I understand is they will talk to them about how to get out, what is the right time to get out, what they should bring with them, things that they should not leave behind and things that are okay to leave behind. And then there's a lot of other factors that come into play for victims, like do we need an order of protection in order to get out? Should we even go back to our homes? There's Mm. so much that we don't think about. We don't know what we don't know. And so, but the experts do. So calling and asking for that advice, which is free, could be the difference between making it out safely or statistics will tell us 75% of people who are leaving without a plan will get injured or killed on the way Mm. out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. By By the abuser. Yes, by their abuser. Hmm. Now, you created the SodaPop.com, and you now have a charity. Talk about the acronym, what it means, what it does, and what are the goals. Sure. So, SODA stands for Survivor of Domestic Abuse. Um, There's a time when I said, I'm no longer a victim, I'm now a survivor. And I created the SodaPop. It's the Soda-Pop.com. And I created that as kind of a landing spot for all of us to find one another online. It's a place where people can get information about domestic abuse and violence. They can connect right to all of the help functions at the actual domestic violence hotline that I was just mentioning. So if they click on get help on my site, they're getting the exact help from the domestic violence hotline because we've partnered up in that that aspect. Um, They can read about, you know, frequently asked questions. And then I also blog about my entire backstory and my continuing story of abuse so that people can get a feel that they're just not alone in what they're going through. That was the entire intent behind it. If it's happening to one in four of us, I'll put my story out there. It may not look exactly like everyone else's, but I want people to know that they're not alone. And so this is a platform for people to tell their stories. It's a platform where people can, on my site, learn a little bit more about mine, but if they follow me over to social media on the Facebook side, everyone's welcome to, sh- to share their story and interact. I'm looking to build community. Absolutely. There's a place for everyone to share their stories. How long have you been out of this situation? Um, just about six years now. And how has your life changed? Well, I would say it has changed drastically Um, I spent the first five years in the court system uh, fighting my way out of the marriage. And I had um, what I hate to even, you know, acknowledge. I had the $1 million uh, divorce. And it wasn't just the divorce, but it was the whole uh, court process. Mm. um, Because courts are so far behind in understanding how to treat divorce cases when victims of abuse are involved. Mm. that we had such a bad ruling the first time that I had to go back and modify and modify and modify until we finally got everything straightened out. So the first mm. five years were really not about uh, starting over and starting fresh. They were really about just getting out and getting everything kind of straightened out. Um, and now I feel like I'm finally getting the opportunity to start over and help everyone else. 
Oh, that's wonderful. So like a whole breath of fresh air for you, Susan. Absolutely. We're going to come back right after the break, but tell people how they can find you and find Soda Pop and find your website and contact you. Sure. So you can find me at the soda-pop.com or the sodafund.org. And uh, we can talk more about my new book, Sparks and Love, which is available on Amazon.com. Wonderful. All right. Again, the book is Sparks and Love, a survivor story that takes you behind closed doors and shows what happens when you fall in love with the wrong person and ignore the wrong and the warning signs. Susan Sparks is the survivor of a domestic abuse, and she's a classic example of the fact that domestic violence and abuse is not limited by neighborhood or financial standing. And she has formed the Soda Fund, a charity dedicated to helping victims of domestic violence and abuse. So again, uh, stay tuned with us. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the book that Susan has written called Sparks in Love, A Survivor's Story. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio, every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest is Susan Sparks. She is a survivor of domestic abuse, 
She's the author of the new book, Sparks and Love, a survivor's story that takes you behind closed doors and shows what happens when you fall in love with the wrong person and ignore the warning signs. And she's formed the SODA Fund, S-O-D-A, a charity dedicated to helping victims of domestic abuse and violence. And she's the classic example of the fact that domestic violence is not bound by socioeconomic status. And welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about the book. But one of the things we were talking about during the break, and you said you'd like to talk about it on air, is the whole idea of, you know, you've been now out of this for six years. And so you're, you're a single and you're out there again. What do you say to women who've been through domestic abuse and violence, and it's been a while, but they want to get out and date and meet people again, form a relationship? What's your advice? So I, I think it's a great thing to talk about because I think the first thing that we have to acknowledge as survivors of domestic abuse is that we didn't do anything wrong. We only had one misstep in contrast to the other three of the four that seemed to, you know, have, that, that made it out okay, that, you know, seemed to do okay. We fell in love with the wrong person. Hmm. So if we want to go out there and we want to date again, by all means we should. All men are not inherently bad. We know that. We look around all the time. There are wonderful men everywhere. It becomes our job to understand what the warning signs of domestic abuse are so that we're more aware of what we may have missed the first time. And I think that's the first thing we want to do. But by all means, and of course I say I date in slow motion. I'm sure that I take things a lot slower maybe than the average person, but I really enjoy dating and meeting new people. There are a lot of wonderful men out there. I would Mm -hmm. encourage people to go out and date when they feel ready to do so but also to understand what those warning signs look like so that they don't accidentally walk into another situation of abuse. And what would be a warning sign? If you were dating, what would be a warning sign, Susan? I would say, if I could only say one thing, I would say listen to your gut instinct because that's what I think as women that we forget to do My gut instinct all along was giving me this feeling like something wasn't right. But I was young when I met my then husband. I was 21 years old, and I didn't trust those alarm bells that were kind of going off in the the back of my mind. Oh, no, he's this, and he's that, and he's great, and he's charming, and I have to be wrong. And I just kept ignoring them. And so I would say, if something doesn't feel right, it's not right. It is not right. No matter what anyone else is telling you, oh, he's great, he's got a great job, he's so handsome, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't feel right, it's definitely not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we know that. And sometimes, as you said, you can't put your finger on it, but you just, you just know something doesn't feel right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then there are other warning signs. You know, we talked about um, isolation. Um, there's showing extreme jealousy of your friends and your family, just wanting, wanting you all to themselves. It seems kind of um, romantic in the beginning, like, oh, you just want to spend all your time with me. But after a while, if, when you start to lose your friends, your family's angry with you, and you are getting isolated, 
it's not so romantic anymore as it starts to become kind of sad for you because your life mm-hmm. is changing. And the other thing I would say to look for almost from the beginning because it comes in very subtly and it will escalate on you is how do they treat you? Are they subtly insulting you? Because mm-hmm. for me, it started with little things like, hmm, I like the way you wore your hair better last weekend. So it was like this kind of a backwards insult, not, oh, I don't like your hair today, but, oh, it was better last time. Mm-hmm. And they plant these little seeds of doubt in your head that they walk away and those seeds grow. Mm. And they start to, right, they grow. And, and you let them grow. We let them grow, unfortunately, I think sometimes as women, because mm. we want to please the person we're with. We want to look so attractive let, for that person. So let's look at that. Let's look at what you just said. Um, first of all, there's two things in there. One is the people pleaser. And the second mm-hmm. one is how we get our confidence back when we've been chipped away at. So obviously, and you had said, you know, people pleasing, making sure you want to take care of that person and do the right thing. But then in some way that chips at your confidence too. So speak to that. Sure. Um, I was born a people pleaser. I'm inherently a people pleaser. So I think in a way I was born, um, unfortunately, a target. And I think that, you know, abusers pick up on that. What I would say to that is it's okay to be a people pleaser. It's okay to want to make sure that other people are happy as long as you are not sacrificing in that process. As long as you are still being true to yourself and not putting yourself last. Because no one else is putting themselves last. That's what I learned later on. So if you're true to yourself first and you're comfortable and then everyone else is happy, you're doing a good job. But if you're making everyone else happy first and you're coming in last, something's completely out of sync there. Mm -hmm. What about building your confidence back up? Uh, That is something that I would say is very difficult to do um, and something that is an ongoing process. That's... um, you know, some people might seek therapy for that. They, um, they might do a lot of reading on, you know, different ways to do that. At the end of the day, and it's still a work in progress for me, and, um, you know, I'm a former model. I'm someone that walked the runway, and it's, it's a difficult process no matter who you are. Um, I think what I'm starting to learn is the only person that can give us confidence at the end of the day is us. We have to give it to ourselves. We can't look to other people to validate us because then all we're doing is giving our power away to someone else who may or may not think that we are what we want to hear. Mm. And What's then they the biggest, us again. What, what do you think is the biggest problem you face in this work? Or is that what it is, confidence? I think the biggest problem I face in this work is um, that there is still... Sadly, um, this is a topic that's very difficult for people to talk about, and mm-hmm. they're still talking about it in hushed tones, mm-hmm. behind closed doors. Um, people are feeling embarrassed when it happens mm-hmm. to them, you know, rather than realizing that they haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of that, what should you not ask a victim of domestic violence? Is there anything? Yeah, absolutely. I would say... The one thing you never want to ask a victim of domestic violence is, why did you stay? Or why did you stay so long? Mm. Because that's something that we may not be able to answer, and it's something that we definitely will figure out when we get to the other side. 
but that is what they call victim blaming and victim shaming. And boy, you don't want to do that to someone that's already been through what they've been through. Yeah, so important. All right, we've got a couple minutes left. Um, let's say a couple things. One, that this is not um, not just about being economically marginal or in any way. It, it crosses all economic lines, domestic abuse, correct? Absolutely. One in and, four. If it's one in four, it's everywhere. What about men? Is there a history of men uh, who have domestic abuse? Yes, men are absolutely victims as well. I think the statistic is if it's one in four women, it might be one in seven men, but this absolutely happens to men as well. Mm. Mm. What's your What's your takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with today, Susan? Um, I would like to leave them with um, so many things. And so, you know, I guess I would say there are so many other things I would like to tell everyone so that they could please come to my website at the soda-pop.com and and see everything that I didn't really have a chance to say, but I would say you're not alone and please don't leave without contacting the hotline and making a safety plan. Thank you. And also read the book, Sparks and Love, a survivor's story that takes you behind closed doors and shows you what happens when you fall in love with the wrong person. And again, uh, Susan Sparks will take you on a journey designed to expose both the subtle and the overt aspects of abuse. So again... Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the program and tell people how they can find you again and find the book. Thank you so much, Patricia. I'm at thesoda-pop.com, thesodafund.org. You can find me on Facebook at The Soda Fund. And once you go to any of those places, I'm linked to all the other places. So you can start at one and you'll find me at all the others. And I really hope you will come out, everyone who's listening, and share your stories with me because it will mean so much to me to hear from you and know that you've heard me today. It would mean so much. Thank you so much, Susan. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Inspiring. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. All right. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this first part of our interview today. And stay tuned. We have a whole other great interview for you in the second half of our program right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin with the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.